Perry Yee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate Thanks it. for coming in. I appreciate it. We've been uh, doing some training together. You've been showing me the ropes on yes, like, sir. Yeah, <laughs> how, to, how to defend my home and things like that, the office. Um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, obviously, you're a Navy SEAL and uh, you teach home defense, self-defense, stuff like that. So yeah, there's a, not a whole lot to me. Um, I'm a New Englander myself, so um, got some respect there but uh, yeah I mean I was I uh, did six years in the Navy I was with SEAL Team 7 here in uh, Coronado and um, combat bed deployed to Afghanistan and um, got out in 2011 and started my new journey in life as a civilian and uh, I would say just that's probably where most of my identity today comes from is just from what I've been doing since I got out and um, yeah, working with a nonprofit, which I'm sure we'll get into here, um, working with veterans and um, families that have lost a member in their family due to due to war, due to you know PTSD related suicides, due to combat, and um, yeah, and then getting into uh, the training aspect and working with a lot of military and law enforcement and, and civilians since I've been out, and um, just trying to pass along my my knowledge now, and especially in. A, a day like today where it's it's very much needed yeah and I don't think you know people won't know they, they don't know how bad they need it till they need it I feel like and I don't want to be that guy no that's <laughs> and that's pretty much true in every aspect but um, yeah unfortunately you know we live in some crazy times and um, being able to protect yourself and and of course the people you love and care about is is paramount and so Right now, like my biggest job is just to try to, you know, pass that knowledge down on to people and just to equip people with the right, you know, tools and, and knowledge in order to, I guess, just pass on a little more self-confidence and uh, capabilities for people to, you know, know that they can rely on, on what they know that'll help keep them safe. Very cool. So what a lot of people are going to want to know, um, being a Navy SEAL, what was Bud's like going through, you know, the process of becoming a SEAL? Yeah, I mean, sure you can watch any special out there nowadays. Um, it's crazy how different now. Like when I went in, I, I joined in 05, and there was no, there was one documentary on um, the Discovery Channel, which is pretty cool. It was like a, a five-episode series where they followed a, a class through, through Bud's, basically. But, um, you know, there were no books like there are today there's no movies and stuff like that so um yeah buds is hard to explain unless you've gone through it you know i mean you can kind of see what it is visually but it's you'll never understand um just the the amount of pain <laughs> pain and suffering you go through uh going through buds but <clears throat> i will say it is a best the best place to learn about yourself you know you learn what you're capable of doing and what you can endure and uh, uh, wouldn't trade it for the world you know I had a very extensive buds career and buds as a whole from start to finish if you make it through without any injuries or um, like performance rollbacks is a seven month period and I was in buds for 13 months so pretty much double the amount of time <clears throat> excuse me I had um, two medical injuries uh, both in hell week so I've been in three different classes three different hell weeks and um, I would say I mean for as as hard as it is it's it's easy buds and I know that kind of sounds dumb but buzz is super easy but very tough um, 
you know, you have no responsibility other than what you're told to do. You know, you, it, it's every day you kind of know what you're getting into. And um, <clears throat> I would say that physically almost anyone is capable of doing it. Um, you know, they it, it is obviously designed to be challenging, to break you down, to break your body down. Um, but physically, uh, I think majority of people could could make it through buds, but I mean, you know, what sets people apart is what's on the inside and what's what's upstairs, you know, and finding out what your why is and holding on to that. Because it's, it's easy to go in there with a why, but having it be strong enough to really get you through the, the most difficult parts of the training like that, um, that's kind of what separates people that make it and don't. Uh, for me personally, I did not want to be in the Navy. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I couldn't see myself living on a ship out in the ocean. Uh, I, um, every, uh, every Monday we had our, our four-mile time run uh, Monday morning on the beach. And uh, for the longest time during the classes I was in, there actually was a, a big Navy ship right off the coast. And that was a, a motivator. Every Monday morning it's like, I don't want to be on that ship. You know, I want to be here in the suck with the guys next to me. And, um, you know, you know that you're going to come out a better person at the, at the other end, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, nowadays you can kind of see what it's like, you know, everyone kind of knows the aspects and what goes into it, but, um, it's just, it's hard to explain unless you're there, um, or like really have known people that have gone through it. It's really hard to explain like what you have to go through and the, the battles that go on inside your head. I mean, it's tons of internal battles. Um, and everyone has a, a, a breaking point in where, you know, they think about quitting, um, I don't really believe them if they say they never thought about it because it's, you know, that's what the program's designed to do. You know, it's designed to break you down mentally and, um, <coughs> and then rebuild you the way they, they need you. But, um, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, Crazy. So, so how much of that did you, you know, obviously you learn a lot about yourself in, you know, Navy SEAL training. And then obviously when you're a full-blown Navy SEAL, then you're, you know, I hear that that's when the training really starts, but how much about what you learned through your career in the military has transferred over to being a business owner? I would say, um, that's a good question. I would say as far as like, obviously you don't really know, learn a lot about <laughs> business through the training, but again, learning more about how you can adapt to things and learning about how you can properly face challenges or, you know, work around challenges or go over obstacles. Um, I think that's what really shines coming from a background like that is you, you, you come from an environment where, you know, you're working with a team. So obviously like, I think that's, what's so, um, glorifying about people from any type of like military or, you know, mainly special operations, special forces background is, you know, you grow in a team unit. So, you know, when it comes to the workforce, like being able to work well with others is a very key component that you learn early on in your military career. Um, but also just the perseverance. I mean, obviously if you can en endure things like buds and you know, you're faced with a different type of obstacle out in, you know, the, the business world or market and you know, it, it puts a lot of things in perspective to what you can accomplish. And I think that's what is really, um, again, what really is like glorifying about that, com that type of community and background is, you know, you've already experienced <clears throat> some of the worst things in life. So, moving forward in, in different aspects is, you know, there are different challenges, but, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of 
self-confidence and belief that comes with that to, to kind of know that you'd be able to, to step through that. Got it. Okay. And you were, how old were you when you went in? 20. Got it. So you were still yeah. young. I mean, I can only imagine myself when I was 20 being put through something like that. It's just, there's so much that has to come from that that you take over. It was honestly like military was never my my first choice in life. Um, I you know I went to college after high school and college just wasn't for me. And this was you know I graduated in '03, so that was still a point in time where you know you needed a degree to get somewhere in life. So for me, it's like well I'm, not, I'm probably not going to finish college. What else? I don't really have anything to fall back on. And so military was kind of a I wouldn't say something I was forced to do, but it, it seemed like my only option. And at the time, I had a good friend of mine from high school who enlisted right after graduation, and um, I was able to talk to him about you know his experience in the military, which you know he wasn't in that same community, but um, he was able to kind of you know give me his insight on you know what what military life was like for him. And uh, so after that, yeah, I just I hit the recruiters' offices and every branch, just kind of was like, hey, what's what's the hardest thing you got? And I didn't know, I was stupid. I didn't know what, like, yeah. I didn't know what buds was when I <laughs> went in. I had no idea what I was getting into. So just doing my research and learning more about what everyone kind of was spitting at me and offering, uh, buds seemed like the way to go. So I was actually, I ended up getting a, a, a buds contract before I enlisted, meaning I was guaranteed a slot. Um, so I, I still had to go to boot camp. I still had to go to in a school to get a Navy rating because mm-hmm. um, you needed one back then to go to Buds. You don't anymore, but um, so I still had to get like my what my job was going to be in the Navy just in case I didn't make it through Buds. I still had my rate, and then I could go to the fleet and you know start my career there. But um, yeah, I really didn't have an idea of what I was getting into, and uh, which is kind of funny. Maybe I was better off for it because I kind of went in blind and yeah. uh, kind of just clueless and young and stupid. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean it was. Again, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it was definitely not the outlook or outcome that I had in mind when yeah. I was, you know, growing up in, in, in my teenage years. So what advice do you have for somebody who is going into the Navy or going into any kind of military setting who wants to be special operations, special forces on that level? My biggest advice would, would be do it for the right reasons. You know, um, unfortunately now, I think since especially like the SEAL community is so over glorified with video games, TV shows, movies. And I think a lot of people today go in for the title. And um, I will say, obviously you need a level of confidence going in. You need a level of, not arrogance, but like, you know, you gotta have something inside of you that's gonna get you through that training. So, um, but yeah, my biggest thing is like make sure you have the right reasons in mind, um, and that's you know to serve and and to you know better your country and, and hopefully better your future as well. But um, I mean, I've met a lot of guys in the past, I would say like five or six years that did it for the wrong reasons. And you can tell, like the ones that just they want the glory, they want the title, they want the the gratification they get from other people. So um, I mean, it's a, a great community to be a part of. And um, I know it, people's experiences are different, but um, like for me, it's it's what made me into who I am today. You know, you take all the good experiences, you take all the bad. Um, there's a lot of bad, and uh, but that's what helps you. You know, that's what helps you grow. You learn from the things that you've 
gotten from the past and you learn from you know good leadership you learn a lot from poor leadership and then you learn from your mistakes other people's uh, mistakes but i mean really today i am who i am for you know everything that i've done up until today so um yeah i I would would just you know tell them to just to stay true to you know what the job's supposed to be and uh and, and try to glorify that life as much as they can so let's talk about the business. Sure. So you get out of the military, what next? So I got out of the service in 2011, and uh, I had a couple years of no direction. I, I started going back to school. Uh, I didn't have a plan, and uh, that was a huge mistake on my part. Um, but I ended up uh, eventually finding a job, and I, for a couple years, like every year I was in a new job. I couldn't find anything that was meaningful, you know, nothing worthwhile, nothing I was passionate about, especially coming from a, you know, a special operations community to like, I'm working for like a race company or I'm at a, a gun range where I'm a glorified janitor, yeah. basically. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was hard to really find something that I was passionate about. And uh, in 2014, I ended up finding um this place up in Escondido, up in North County, called uh, Warfighter Academy. And so they were a group of combat veterans that were teaching close quarters combat, or CQC or CQB, depending on what branch you're from, um, but teaching close quarters um, to law enforcement, military, active military, civilians. And uh, so I linked up with them and, and started learning under their instructor staff. And it was uh, led by this guy, Dave Maynard, who is um, probably the most experienced operator I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, did 20 plus years in the SEAL teams and then over a decade as a contractor for the CIA, like the guy was still operating in country in his 60s. Okay. The guy's an animal. But um, so I started learning from him. And uh, actually, when I started training with him, I was learning a lot of things that I wasn't taught in the military. And I wasn't taught in a special operations community and so it actually kind of changed a lot of my mindset and then focus on training and how I actually do things now and so um, I ended up learning under him and then teaching on his staff for uh, for a few years and um, and we were training I mean consistently three to four days a week four hours a day for years yeah and we were in all force on force training so we were you know using paintball airsoft stuff like that we were getting shot to hell on a consistent basis so uh, but that's how you learn you know that's that's how you really define your skill sets and so um from there it that's kind of what changed like the direction trajectory (laughs) (laughs) of of my life and um to where it was the first time i was actually working with other veterans Um, i had no experience with other vets since i had been out of the service so that was very eye-opening to see guys like myself who you know had their own struggles getting out of the service and um, it kind of gave me a community again. Um, it was, the, again, it's like the first time I'd really been around people that understood me and my background and things like that. So um, from there is where me and my now wife, at the time my girlfriend, we kind of developed the, uh, the nonprofit that we run now. And so um, in 2016, we were just talking and it's like, hey, like working with these vets, we wanted a way to like, create something in the nonprofit world that benefited our veterans and gave them an opportunity to utilize their military skill sets outside of the service now and put them back into the community. And um, 
it was really challenging to figure out what that looked like. I mean, obviously we didn't we wanted something that was lasting and impactful, you know, not so much like a community service aspect, but something that really gave them purpose again. Um, for me, when you talk about like a lot of veterans that commit suicide every day, I know there's a lot of things that go into that, but if you break it down, it's, like, it's my opinion, but if you break it down to the simplest form, it's these guys no longer have a mission. You know, you, you take away their mission in life, you know, regardless if they have successful careers outside the military, families that they're leaving behind, um, you take away their mission. And that's what we know, you know, that's what we're, we were bred to do. And uh, so we wanted a way to take the veterans in our community and give them a purpose again. And mm. um, so with what we do now with Active Valor is we have a mentorship program where we take transitioning veterans and they get paired as a mentor one-on-one with a child that has lost a parent either in combat or to suicide while serving. And so we host these elaborate adventures throughout San Diego County that, you know, give these guys the ability to, again, take their military experience and now pass it on to these kids that don't have it in their life anymore because their military parent is deceased. So, I mean, we took these two communities that both have lost their connection with the service and then brought them back together and kind of created our own little um, community in itself. And so... Um, yeah, we just hit our six-year mark wow, last congratulations. month. Wow, no, I appreciate that. And so um, that's been ex- extremely exciting for us because we've, we've created such a family unit within our participants, our membership. And, um, you know, we have families from mostly California, um, but we have a couple from uh, Phoenix that come in for our events. We have a, a mom and her four boys that fly in from Fort Worth, Texas wow. three, four times a year. Yeah for our events. And then, um, all of our veterans are, are local to San Diego, but, um, yeah, it's, just, it's been such a fantastic experience, like seeing relationships like that grow because how, yeah. you know, how it works is once a, once a vet is paired with a kid, they're a pair until yeah. you know one of them is no longer with the program. So, you know, we've had pairs that have been together now for five years and we've got to see their relationship grow. We've yeah. got, you know, we got to see the kids grow right. as well. You know, when we first started, um, one of the youngest kids we had with us at the time was four, and now you know they're nine years old and it's like it's 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 been really fun to be a part of their life and uh, to also be you know accepted into their life and into their you know their community as well and be able to learn about their their trauma but um also you know hear amazing stories about you know their resiliency and you hear stories about their loved ones that they lost and um you know it's we're very blessed to have been able to have been accepted into into their lives and so um and, and it's just me in my wife that that run it so it's a kind of a two-person show behind the scenes um but yeah we've been fortunate enough just to have some incredible help um you know, so dan you know yeah dan fulkerson who you had on here uh he's on our board he's been actually supporting us since the beginning and uh funny enough their law firm started like right when we were starting yeah and so um yeah we've kind of been with each other from from both of our beginnings but i mean they've been extremely supportive of us but um yeah, it's a phenomenal. I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but like, I've also volunteered for a lot of organizations, and you know, we're really happy with where we've come from and where yeah. we are now. And to see, like, we're not a big organization, and you know, we don't help thousands of people, but we make a lasting impact in the lives of those who we do help. And yeah. so, I think that's what's important to me is, um, you know, building relationships. You know, you're building a community, and you're you're hopefully building lifelong friendships that come out of it. I think the coolest thing about that, and and thank you for all the work you do, 
the the thing about helping people is you don't see the long impact that it has way beyond your scope of right. view. So, you know, you help <laughs> one person, and in this case, you're grouping two people in an unfortunate situation and putting them together, making them stronger together. But then, these people then can help other people who help other people right. and and that just has such an impact throughout the whole world when you help one person you may not see it but you really just helped a thousand so when you say you don't help thousands i disagree i think you i yeah, think I you do it. yeah you know i can i can agree to that and um of course obviously like you know we're still dealing with kids that are in their teens and you know we're we're hoping to you know to be able to see that that impact later on in their lives and you know we hope that they can just take away what we you know, have been able to share with them and, and use that to better their futures and the people around them. So, yeah, we're just, uh, it's just been a huge blessing to us to, to not just have formed that, but like to watch it, you know, because during our events and stuff, you know, we're on the sidelines. We don't even get to participate in all the fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just taking a step back and just seeing how you have a day where, you know, again, obviously these, these families have gone through some tremendous trauma. A lot of our veterans have gone through their own trauma as well, but when they're together, there's, you know, there's nothing but positivity happening. You know, there's no, there's no grieving. There's, there's other organizations that help, you know, focus on that stuff. So there's no grieving. There's no, um, you know, sharing sad stories and stuff like that, but, um, there's sharing of stories, but it's usually in like a, like a happy memory scenario. So, uh, but just to see these two communities come together, put the outside world aside, at least for a day, and then take that, and it's, you know, they just leave with smiles, and normally, we, you know, an hour later, we get pictures of the kids in the car that are passed out in the backseat and stuff, <laughs> and it's great, because, like, the, all, all the, the widows with our program, you know, they, what we didn't anticipate is, because we had such a focus on the vets and the kids. One second, yep. So great. So where can they? Uh, so where can people learn more about your nonprofit? Um, well, we have a pretty decent social media presence. Uh, so we're mainly on Instagram, um, which our handle is just Active Valor, one word, and um, on Facebook as well. We have a YouTube series, not series, YouTube channel where we put all of our recap videos for all of the events that we do. So every adventure that we have, we just put one out yesterday for our one we had over Father's Day weekend. And, um, but you can go to our, our website, which is activevalor.com, and there you can learn about you know, the mission, you can watch all the videos, you can see how you can become a part of it. Um, if you're a vet in the area, we're, like, one of the biggest things is finding some good veterans in San Diego, which there's so many, uh, but I mean, we're always looking for good guys to come on board and, and be able to, to you know, take their time and, and invest not a lot of time, but just a little bit into, you know, uh, a gold star family. So we're always looking for vets. So if you guys are uh, out there, um, we definitely would love having you as part of the program. But um, yeah, then if you want to give, do anything like that, everything's on the website. So it's just activevalor.com. And um, yeah. Cool. So let's talk um, about the home defense training and the kind of things that you do in the business world and what happens in that training, like the stuff that we've gone through. Um, and what does that look like? Why should everybody do it? Right. So this started um, in 2020, and for obvious reasons, when all the riots and stuff were happening, um, I was doing some security gigs and just you know doing some security at people's homes during uh, or businesses during the riots. Um, and I had so many people 
just reach out to me via you know text message or even call and they're like hey dude like I have a firearm. I don't really know how to use it. And, you know, we would like some training. And so that actually is what developed into the business now. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I had a ton of people reaching out and just asking for training. And so that's kind of where the business was developed and how it, it became what it is right now. And so, um, it's called fortified measures. And, um, so what I do is I, literally go into people's homes. I mean, it's, it's a, a mobile tactical training service, right? It's my opinion is pretty cool. It's something that I didn't, I hadn't found anywhere else. I mean, really throughout the country, but, um, so I will go into people's homes and teach them how to properly clear their space and how to, you know, we'll run drills on how to, um, you know, clear bedrooms, how to maneuver within their home, go over actual safety precautions. If you have other people in the house, if you have children, um, what to do in, you know, any type of home invasion scenario. And, um, that's, it's really blossomed into something it's really fun, but it's also very needed. Um, unfortunately, again, you know, talking about the times we're going through and, um, you know, crime is on a huge rise right now. And then it's even hard to get firearms. And there was a point in time where it was, it was so difficult to get a firearm because everyone was going out buying them. And so now you have the issue. I mean, I mean, I'm all for Americans expressing their second amendment rights, but you have a huge responsibility of knowing how to use that tool right. and knowing how to properly use it to defend yourself, your family, but also to use it in the right circumstances, in the right settings, and when not to use it. So, um, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people who think it's okay to just go buy a gun, put it in ice sand, and then they'd be okay. But, you know, they'd never go through any type of stressful situations where, you know, they're going to need to use it. And so, I mean, just like any, you know, sport, you look at, um, you know, you want to go to a karate class. Well, you're not going to become a black belt in one day of training. You know, it, it's a very perishable skill. And so you have to continuously be practicing, continuously be going over through scenarios in your home, out in public. Um, you know, it's a little easier to get a carry permit here in San Diego. So there's a lot of people walking around with concealed carries and then don't properly train or, again, don't know how to, how to really use it uh, or comprehend, like, what it really takes to, you know, take a life or be in a situation like that. So, um, you know, I do my best to go to people. You know, I try to take all of the stress out of it of like having to you know go to a range you're around live ammunition which you're completely restricted on training with obvious safety concerns being around live ammunition so it's going to hinder that your your training and um so you know we use laser systems interactive targets co2 systems things that are completely safe to use <laughs> within a home um, but you get the full benefit of, of really have practical application and that's what it comes down to is like running through scenarios where, you know, if you actually have someone coming into your home uninvited, what are the steps to take? You know, like, is that something where you're going to need a firearm or is it going to be the proper time to use it? Um, how can you, you know, articulate that you actually had to use a, you know, life taking device on somebody? Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, I've got a lot of just great feedback from it and um 
you know, I've taken tons of classes myself and obviously like even someone at, you know, my level needs to continue to train. And there, again, it's so perishable um, that if you aren't consistently working on your, your skill sets, you're going to, you're going to lose them or they're going to diminish. And um, so being able to take people in a safe environment where they are comfortable, you know, there's, especially if they're like a first time shooter and you go to range and you have, you know, people a couple stalls down with <laughs> caliber <laughs> weapons, you know, like they, it gets very stressful. And obviously there's a time and place for a stressful training, but you know, when, not when you're first starting. Right. And so, but yeah, taking all the, the air out of it and just being able to go to people and all the equipment, like there's literally nothing that they need themselves other than a place for us to train. Um, it's a really cool concept in my opinion. Um, and I mean, you'll, yeah, and somebody who's gone through it, yeah. I, I love it, man. And I think that everybody should have this because a lot of people do have a gun in their homes, but they don't have a plan. So if somebody were to kick down their door and come in, they might hesitate before they can even get one in the chamber. Or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen where uh, without this kind of training and without being prepared in their own home with their own plan, uh, they're at a big disadvantage. So Yeah, and obviously situations are going to dictate, you know. Do you live alone? Do you have kids? Like a lot of things factor in, you know, where you keep your firearms, how you store them, things like that. So, I mean, there's really no, and then everyone has a different floor plan. Like there's no one cookie cutter solution for everybody. And uh, I think that's where it's, it's important to, to, you have to go to the consumer and be able to give them what they need. I've actually, I've gone to home defense classes at a range and it's like, well, how do you, how yeah. can you call this home defense where we're just standing on a range that may have some like barricades that we can maneuver around? You know, it, it, I understand you can learn principles doing that, but being able to really be in your environment and your domain, like that's, that's what people need. Yeah. I think, I mean, if anybody's even remotely thinking about this and they're in the San Diego area, uh, definitely hit up Perry. Perry, where can they reach you um, for your personal stuff? So, uh, yeah, the business is called Fortified Measures, and it's just fortifiedmeasures.com. I just created the social media, so that's not even a thing yet. So we're um, kind of ramping that up right now and hopefully be releasing that and you know, releasing training videos and stuff like that here in the very near future. But, um, yeah, you can learn on the website more about what we do. And thank you for bringing up San Diego because it's just in the county. Yeah. So since I am traveling, um, it's just for people that are local here in the county. But um, there's a lot of people in San Diego. And a lot of people that that need training, um, but yeah, again, it's 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 a good learning experience. But I think it's pretty fun. You know, you get to run around your house shooting the targets and stuff. But um, yeah, please hit me up anytime. Fortifiedmeasures.com, and then uh, you can just shoot me an email from there and cool. Go from there. And what's your Instagram? Uh, my personal one is yeah. just Perry Yee, one word. Cool. And um, yeah, you can go ahead. You can reach me. DM me there, um, or even like through Active Valor, like I get a lot of messages through there as well. So, um, yeah, but I'm looking to help as many people as I can, especially with, you know, the time we got here and, uh, hopefully things won't get any worse in the country, but no promises on that. Hey, it's always better to be prepared, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Cool. Well, Perry, thanks for coming on. I no, really appreciate, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cool.